Before we start this episode, I'd like to make an apology and clarification. Last week, I inadvertently identified Joe McConnell as at Subutio Alive on Twitter. He is, of course, at Boy Subutio on Twitter. So, my sincerest apologies, Joe. Now, on with the show. According to the charity, the Mental Health Foundation, around one in eight men in England are afflicted by mental health conditions, such as depression, anxiety and panic attacks. In recent weeks, the issue has been in the headlines following the suicide of footballer Lee Collins. So the big question is, what can men in particular do to improve their mental health? In this episode of Finger Flicking Good, we'll be examining how some members of the online community have already tackled the problem and hopefully letting others know that if they suffer from any form of mental health problem, that there is definitely light at the end of the tunnel. All that and more coming up in this episode of Finger Flicking Good. Keep listening. The last year has been extremely difficult for everyone. Unable to go out and do the things we love doing for long periods of time have undoubtedly led to mental health issues for many people, who would have previously scoffed at this being something that would impact them in any way. If the global pandemic has taught us one thing, it's that we shouldn't take our good health, mental or physical, for granted. The seed of this particular episode was sown in Series 2, when Simon Stewart happened to mention in passing how playing Subutio had helped him with his mental health issues. As a result of that episode airing, a number of people contacted me on Twitter to say how much the game itself and the wider online community had got them through some sticky stages in their life. Some were willing to go on the record, as you will hear, in order to help raise awareness of the issue, whilst others were more inclined to stay out of the limelight. Aware that I was conducting interviews of a very personal nature, I began by asking our contributors, without going into too much personal detail, how they felt the game, or the community in general, had helped them with their issues. Here's Jason Christopher, describing how his issues had begun in childhood, and how even as an adult, the game was able to help him heal. As you say, without going into too much detail, um, when I was a kid, um, a, a particular ex-boyfriend of my mum's at the time was uh, was not the most pleasant guy uh, <laughs> for many reasons uh, one reason he used to um, he used to be you know quite sort of um, abusive not not in a sexual way but certainly in a physical way um, you know behind her back and that kind of stuff and I couldn't ever really talk to her about it because a she wouldn't have believed me and she would have sided with him uh, and b it would have just made it worse I think um, so I just used to like sort of lock myself away in my bedroom and just get away in the fantasy world of, of, of playing Sabutio and I'd play it for hours and hours and end. And then, and then when I got into playing in a league with, with John Ursel and, and those guys, I literally spent more time away from home than I did at home. But all I was doing was, was playing Sabutio all the time. Um, and then when I came back into it as an adult, um, I'd gone through a particularly 
uh, bleak patch, if you like, and I started to have some sort of counselling. And one of the things that came out of that counselling as a, as a way of, sort of kind of not recovering as such, that's probably the wrong word, but in a way to sort of deal with what I was going through was um, was to try and reclaim some of my lost childhood. Um, for, for one reason and another, my childhood kind of almost passed me by, apart from the Sabutio sort of era. Um, so one of the things was, was to try and look for that. And I, t- I talked it over with my wife and everything. And that was when we kind of said, well, you know, what's what's the one thing from your childhood that you really missed? And it, it it was Sabutio. Um, so that was when we decided that it was probably a good thing for me to bring my um, intended retirement project forward and, and build the stadium. And that's that's kind of when I got back into it. There are times when I think, well, I don't know what I would have done without it, to be honest. David Hunter, who we first met in the last episode, is another who thinks that it's Sabutio's link to childhood that has helped him in his struggle with mental health. Here he is describing how the nostalgia kick can help with an escape from the pressures of modern life. Um, I think it's, for like a lot of people, it's that nostalgia kick. It, it kind of takes you back to you know, a simpler time when you didn't have to worry about the bills, you didn't have to worry about your children or finding a job somewhere to live. So I think that's what it is. It, it gives you that like, kind of that warm and fuzzy feeling. It's, you know, it, it helps. It takes away the stress and the worrying. You know, if you're having a game or you, or you're just even watching some of the programs on YouTube, it it just takes your mind off it. It's, it transports you back to that, you know, that, that that halcyon time when you were a kid, and the only thing you had to worry about was going to school and, you know, playing football and playing Sabutio. You know, there was that's it. So it. It, yeah, it's, it's that, it just takes you away from everything. Simon Stewart, whose honesty in Series 2 provided the impetus for me to make this episode, is another who believes that Sabutio has been a huge positive in his life. Here he is describing what he thinks the game has given him over the years. Yeah, I would say definitely positive. <coughs> the first, uh, yeah, I mean, it's allowed me to not only from that sort of mental health perspective of, of getting out again and reconnecting with people, but it's a, with my with my own career, if you want to call it that, or my my history with Sabudio. You know, I've, I've travelled to different places. The first time I travelled abroad on my own was for Sabudio. Uh, prior to that, I'd never been abroad except on a school trip. So that was, and that and that was actually a very hugely important and formative part of growing up I think and growing up where I did uh, seeing a place outside of well certainly Northern Ireland and Britain and Ireland uh, and seeing a different way of life uh, and always and, and probably acted as the catalyst for me to, to leave Northern Ireland to be honest going to Italy to play Sabudio when I was 17 uh, although I didn't get far I only got as far as Edinburgh but still it was sort of the catalyst to get out so, yeah, and, you know, other when I think about some of the other th- places I've been, uh, tournaments I've played, people I've met, yeah, it's definitely been positive. It's, uh, as long as you don't take it too seriously, like I think I said before, 
I quit Subudio because it was too stressful before, but it, it's about how you approach these things. The thing that you do, it's the way you approach it. And if you approach it in the right, in a positive frame of mind and in a positive sort of mindset about what you want to take out of your hobby, then I think it can be positive. Uh, and it's certainly been positive for me, you know, and I love it. You know, I've, I've got this, I've got my, my, my old results book open in front of me and I can look through it and, you know, think back to friendships that I had and fun that we had back in the day. Uh, so yeah, I, th- I think Subidio has definitely been a positive for me. Uh, as long as you approach it in the right way, I think, uh, that's the important thing. But it's not just mental health that Subutio can help with. Joe McConnell, who is on Twitter as Subutio, is in stage 5 kidney disease and for him the game has been a huge help to him. Here he is describing his condition and how difficult the pandemic has been for him in particular. I, yeah, during COVID I was a vulnerable patient um, and I really wasn't <clears throat> allowed out of the house. I had to shield so my wife had to do an awful lot for me. Um, the, where I'm at at the moment in my, my condition, as you can probably hear, I get very out of breath doing absolutely nothing, Derek. So I could sit here and talk to you and I get very breathless. It's like I've run up a mountain or something. Um, so, yeah, I have good days. I have really bad days. Um, Today is not too bad. Who knows when I wake up tomorrow? It's every day is different. Every day is different. It's it's a challenge. This is a shock to everybody because not everybody's heard of the condition I've got. It's not just stage five kidney disease. Um, It's a condition, Derek, that only seven in one million people of the world's population contract. And I'm one of the seven. That's how rare it is. Um, So when I say to people I've got kidney disease, they just kind of look at you. But I've got quite a rare kidney disease and only 5,000 people in the UK have it. So I'm not surprised you were shocked when you and Stuart heard it, because even medical professionals, when I tell them what I've got, will look at me and say, what's that? Um, Yeah, it's a weird one. I've I've kind of learned to live with it over the seven years. It's got worse in the last year. Um, But I say, I've just that the Subutio has just given me a real lift. It re- I just wish I'd found it sooner. Um, I, th- I think I stumbled across TFM on YouTube, Table Football Monthly, if I can say that. Um, and then I, yeah. then I found Stuart, and it just went from there, What watching his videos. Um, yeah, it's just escalated, and now I drive everyone mad. <laughs> After hearing about just how debilitating his illness was, I went on to ask him whether he felt Subutio had had a positive effect on his life. Oh, immensely. Immensely. I've done nothing but talk Subutio. I've driven everybody mad. Um, Getting back into it after 30 years. I'm 46 this year. It was 30 years ago I stopped playing it. Um, I didn't realise just how many people still played it. I was shocked Um, and so excited to find out there's such a community out there. But it's had a massively positive impact on me. Yeah, without it, I don't know what I'd do. Um, And I really don't know how I stumbled across it again, but I'm just so glad I did. Yeah. Craig Stewart, who appears every week in Lawrence Watson's YouTube show, Subutio Fantasy Football, grew up in Protestant North Belfast at the tail end of the Troubles. 
Here he is describing how he thinks Subutio literally saved his life and how the effects of the Troubles are still with him to this day. Yeah, 100%, mate. Okay, so as I say, um, I grew up in North Belfast and I grew up in the tail end of the Troubles. So between sort of the mid early to mid-90s was very much the tail end of the Troubles. Uh, it was sticking fast in the 70s and 80s. Started to sort of die down, but it was it was still very much there in your face before the Good Friday Agreement came in. And I was at school sort of from 1990 to 1995, and I, I went to university and stuff. But again, um, during my secondary school time, it was sort of early 90s. And if I can just explain quickly about Belfast, Belfast is split into four quarters. So you have East Belfast, which is predominantly Protestant, 99.9% Protestant or Unionist. Um, so the Protestants obviously want to remain part of Britain, want to remain part of the United Kingdom, hence Unionist. Um, West Belfast, which is 99% Catholic or Nationalist, um, Nationalist meaning sort of the nation, United Nation, wanting to be part of Ireland. Um, South Belfast, which is predominantly middle class, you have sort of leafy suburbs of South Belfast, you have very much doctors and nurses living there and it's a very much a mixed community in South Belfast and then you have North Belfast which is the, which is basically zipped down the middle it's 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 uh 50% Protestant 50% Catholic and that's where I lived I lived sort of 100 yards away from the interface in North Belfast and it was sort of sad where I literally lived on the interface where you could throw a stone from myself to my Catholic neighbor at an uh, out of known people 20 miles down the other way towards Carrick Fergus, where I live now. Um, but literally 50 yards to the north of me, I didn't know anybody. I didn't know their names. Um, I didn't know where they went to school. And it was just a totally different society. We didn't mix. There was no hard physical wall to go between us. But... We just didn't mix. We didn't go into their area and they didn't go into ours. Uh, we played different sports. You know, the Unionists or the Protestants predominantly played rugby and football. Um, the Catholics obviously played football, but their main sport was Gaelic, GAA and Hurling. And they lived and breathed that. Um, and they went to different schools. They were taught different things. We were taught different things. And... You know, in the mid the early 90s, when you left school, you know, you went round and, you know, a lot of the kids fought with each other for a few hours after school and at the weekends. And instead of us doing that, you know, there were there were maybe the odd time where it happened. But predominantly what we done, uh, four or five of our friends, was we went to my house and we went to my friend's house and we played Sabudio. We played competitions against each other. Um. So I could go as far as to say it literally saved my life because if I didn't, I would have went to uh, Alexander Park Avenue uh, where the two sides met and we had to throw stones. And, and uh, at some, in some instances, um, I could say there were a couple of my friends were killed over there. Um, and if not, some of them were badly injured as well. And some of them went down the path of um, joining paramilitaries we just played Sabudio. We, we went into the ho our, our houses and we played competitions. Um, my life personally, and I can honestly say that a lot of people around Belfast and Derry, Londonderry, it saved their life too. 
you know? The memories will never go away, right? I've seen my dad with a gun to his head from a terrorist. Thankfully, he wasn't shot dead. But I have that image stuck with me for the rest of my life, and I'm going to have to live with it. Um, I've had friends that have been killed over the Troubles. I've had two friends that have died in a bomb. Um, I've had a pane glass window shatter over me with a bomb that went off 50 yards at the bottom of the road. So those memories will never leave you. Um, I don't feel comfortable when fireworks go off around me. Um, so yeah, you know, 45 to 50% of people in Northern Ireland suffer with post-traumatic stress from the troubles. And, you know, at certain times in North Belfast, it was absolutely horrible. It's simple as that. You couldn't get away from it. It was a cesspit. You just couldn't get away from it. Um, I hate the sound of a helicopter because every single night there was a helicopter over your head. Um, and thankfully, my kids hopefully won't experience that, you know. I then went on to ask Craig if he'd been supported by others in his efforts to stay out of the sectarian violence. I expected him to say he'd been helped by social workers or youth workers or community leaders. In fact, his help was much closer to home. Um, I worked. At, uh, I lived in a working class area. It was very depraved, but my parents worked hard. They had a great work ethic. Uh, my dad had a good job in the Belfast Telegraph, and my mum, my mum had three cleaning jobs. So, growing up with that work ethic, I knew that to get somewhere in life, I had to work for it. It's as simple as that. You don't get nothing for free, and so I had good parenting. Um, I wouldn't say that any social workers rapped on the door. Um, I had a good circle of friends. Um, there were some some guys, you know, and th th there were some influences that could maybe have stirred you that way. But predominantly, I had good parenting, and I had a good circle of friends. And all we all we loved was football. We loved playing football. We loved playing rugby, and we loved playing Sibudio. You know, it was as simple as that. So that, you know, that, that steered me in the right direction, having good peers and having good parents. It's generally accepted as fact now that having a hobby can be immensely beneficial when dealing with mental health issues. In an article for The Conversation in February 2021, Kiara McCabe, Associate Professor of Neuroscience at Reading University, wrote that finding time for a hobby was a good way of reducing the risk of anhedonia, which is a major symptom of depression. She went on to write that anhedonia had become such a problem in recent years that many GPs were now turning to social prescribing, prescribing hobbies or pursuits as alternatives to drug therapies to try and alleviate the symptoms of depression. So, should Sibutio be available on the National Health? I asked our contributors how important they believed that having a hobby like Sibutio had been for them. First up, David Hunter. Um, it's, it's massively important. You, you need something to be able to focus on. And say, like, like I said, going back to what I said, um, for me, I, I do collect Batman comics. I'm a huge Batman fan. I have been since I was a kid. And it's a great hobby, but it's a lonely hobby. It's not really something you can go and into like a church hall and 
just sit around reading comics. It's not that kind of hobby. With Subutio, I would recommend it because it's an it's an inclusive hobby. You can yeah, you can play solo play. Oh, I know you play solo play, and that's fine. You know, but you know, it's an inclusive hobby. Like you said, you you can get your mates. You can go and join a local club, and it's just being around those people, just doing something you all enjoy. It can, you know, it's, it can be massive for your own mental health. It can, you know, be be a huge help. You know, it's it could probably work better than going to see a therapist or see your doctor. It's like a, yeah, it's it's hard to explain it, but that, that's that's how I feel. Because uh, I was due to go to a couple of club nights before, but because of my almost anxiety, I didn't go. So I was very nervous about going. But I've kind of pushed myself that next month I'm I'm going to go and I'm going to have a laugh and I'm going to enjoy myself. So yeah, and that's why I recommend just get involved, just do it. It's great fun. Jason Christopher is another who believes that it's a power to escape from the daily grind that Subutio gives you. That is one of the game's main strengths as the hobby. Probably different, um, but in terms of what they could do with Sabutio to to try and get that release it it is about escapism Sabutio is escapism and um you know you can you can recreate in your own home everything that you dream of on a Sabutio pitch um if that's your thing and um you know I think it is just that a whole escapism thing and if if you can do that you know within your four walls great if it needs more than that which is going out and, and meeting other people of, of a similar um, similar passion or similar mindset, all the better. I mean, I, I know I was actually quite hesitant about coming back and playing competitively. Um, Alan Lee was, was very uh, instrumental in persuading me that I should give it a go coming back and playing. And, um, I, you know, I thank him for that because it, it's, it's just opened up a new lease of life for me personally. And certainly the guys that I've met at um, Solent, at Solent League, um, again, I've, I've, I've found new friends and um, we all get on great. It's a really relaxed, friendly club. Um, we're all supportive of each other. There's new players, there's experienced players, there's players that prefer the old game, there's players that you know have only ever played the new game or the new style of game. And we just all we all just have a good good laugh when we play, you know. Um, we take it seriously, but we also enjoy it, and that's that's the main thing. And if you can get yourself out of the house and do that for a, you know a couple of hours whenever you play, or a few hours whenever you play, you're going to forget about all those things that that are, you know, the issues with your mental health just for that short space of time. So I would I would encourage it. I would absolutely encourage it. And even just sort of watching all of the. Um, all of the YouTube videos and uh, listening to all the podcasts and everything else, just it, it's that whole escapism thing. Joe McConnell is someone else who would heartily recommend people take up Subutio, particularly if they had a condition like his that prevented them from taking part in strenuous physical activity, yet still allowed them to keep that precious link to a passion like football. I would push Subutio every day of the week 100 percent. if if you like football 
you're going to love Subutio. And there is so much diversity within Subutio. As you say, there's stadium building, there's, there's the painting, there's doing the spectators. That it's, it's endless. If, if you're into football and you can't get out of the house and you want a hobby, Subutio, it, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, I, I promote it all day long. Yeah, definitely. Although he agrees that having a hobby is important in maintaining good mental health, Simon Stewart urges a word of caution that although it's a big part of recovery, it's not the whole story. I think, I think it can be important. I think that the, I think that we kind of need to be careful that you know a hobby is not the a hobby, whatever that is, whether it be a video or, or whatever it is, is not the answer to your mental health problem. I think the first thing you need to do is to go and get seek help. Uh, but I think as part of the recovery process, a hobby is hugely important because it can act as a distraction uh, from maybe your sort of ruminating thoughts. Uh, it can act as a catalyst to get out. If it's a sort of hobby where you can get out, maybe like hill walking or, or whatever. Uh, and it can act as a distraction, you know, as well, which I think, can be important but it is not it, it's not the answer to your problems i would definitely say that but i think it can play a majorly important part in your recovery but the recovery has to come from you that's the other thing i would say in my experience people can't hand you recovery you have to work on it and and something i still work on i work on every day you know i still suffer with depression and 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 getting low but Every day I have to try and work on that. And Sabudio can, can be part of that. Uh, and unfortunately, at the minute with lockdown, uh, and because I'm a player, I don't take joy in collecting or anything like that, which are sort of solo activities, which can be good as well for people's mental health. But because I'm a player, I'm actually missing that. And I'm missing being able to go and see my friends on a Tuesday night. We would play every Tuesday night here in Hamburg. I miss that. And I've been struggling a bit of late with, with that. Uh, which has shown me how important Subiru actually has been and is to me. Uh, so I think I think it's a, it's a, it's an important building block in people's recovery, uh, whatever form of Subiru that is. And that, that might include solo play. You know, maybe that's a distraction. You can set up your pitch and play your I don't know Aston Villa versus Man United game on your kitchen table on your own, and that can be good for you. And I think. You know, or painting, or looking stuff up, and ordering stuff, and adding it to your collection—all those can be important. Uh, so yeah, for for me, it's I miss the playing side of it at the minute, and I'm kind of actually struggling a little, a little bit with with not having that sort of that pressure valve, uh, which which has helped me. Now you're probably thinking this is all very well. We're talking about the mental health of men of a certain age. But it's not just them, is it? We've got to think about the next generation. And if we want young people to take up our hobby, we need to worry about their mental health too. Craig Stewart has given this some thought. He believes that kids nowadays need a hobby, particularly at this time of the global pandemic. Uh, especially in this era, with the COVID era. You know, kids can't really get out. They can't socialise. Um, and especially in the game consoles era, where PlayStation, Xbox has just took over 
Um, kids can very much get sucked into either sitting in their bedroom for days on end, playing PlayStations to four in the morning and just not having any social interaction with their friends at the minute. They, they, they literally can't go out. And if they do go out, they have to stand two meters apart. So it's a very vulnerable time for any kids in the society, especially in Belfast. And when you have this divide, the problem is, you know, there's still that divide. Uh, you know, I'm in the opinion that um, it's going to take generations before this is fixed. And you've seen the recent uh, stir up in, in the, uh, the violence at the minute where, you know, each side, you know, my wife's Catholic. Some of my best friends are Catholic. Um, but there's just always that divide. You're never going to get away from it. And until that changes, unfortunately, um, that's just the way it is, you know. Um, but yeah, they do have to have some sort of hobby. And I'm sorry to say, PlayStation's not one of them, right? Xbox isn't one of them. Social media, YouTube's not one of them. You know, I was, I was fortunate enough to have... Subudio was a game to play. Uh, my son doesn't know what a PlayStation is. I just won't have it in his room. I don't entertain it. You know, I'm learning him Subudio. I'm learning him. You know, we go out camping. We 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 do. We have a caravan. He loves he, he loves the, the wildlife, but he certainly will not be sitting to 12, 1 o'clock in the morning playing Playstations. I just I am so against it. It makes kids zombies, and and they do need a hobby. But in my opinion, game consoles just isn't that, you know, and, and you have to get the kids away from it. You have to get the kids playing foosball or Subutio or something that ticks their, their mind over and get them out into the, the fields to play. Um, but in this day and age, in this era, unfortunately, the kids in this generation are just like zombies and, and I feel sorry for them, you know. Craig is extremely passionate about trying to get a new generation into the game. Here he is describing how important Subutio is to him and the buzz he gets from playing the game. And if only we could stop treating it like a toy and more like something that we can pass on to our children, then we might stand a chance. Massive Rangers fan, but I've never actually been as gutted in my life as actually getting beat in a Subutio match. I've watched Rangers getting knocked out of Champions League. I've watched Celtic beating us in the last day. You know, I've, 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 been, I've been down to the dungeons of football and hell, but I've never actually been as disappointed as what I have is actually getting beat in a close Subutio match. <laughs> and it's unbelievable. You know, it really does get you. And the problem is in this country, uh, in the UK and Ireland, We'll have to defeat the concept that it's a kid's game. It's not a kid's game. Uh, Subutio was a kid's game in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and it was the biggest game before the consoles came in. But in Italy, it's an adult's game that's been handed down to their children. It's the opposite effect. It's an adult's game, and you don't have that perception of it being a kid's game played by adults in this country. In this country, it's, it's, it's a child's game that adults take it up in their older, to relive their youth. And if we can get that mindset out of people's heads, then people won't be embarrassed playing superhero in this country. In Italy and Malta and in Spain and 
and, and, and wherever. It's an adult game. It's an adult sport played by adults, which is handed down to their children. In this country, it's the opposite. It's a kid's game that adults then relive their youth. And 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 the, the, the bottom line is adults want to play, so they're, they're just bars to play it. One day, the pandemic will end and it will be time for the online community to pack away their mobile phones, computers and tablets and start making their way blinking out into the sunshine. My wife has a theory that once lockdown is lifted completely, there will be hordes of mandates being organised and that men of a certain age will gather in pubs to meet the friends they have made online over the last few months. Here's David Hunter with his take on these mandates. <laughs> I think there probably will be actually. Some certainly, like I say, I think um, I was on one of the chats on the Solent Table Soccer Club. I think one point they had like eight people turn up. I think the next meeting, which I think is in May sometime, I think they're expecting like twenty people to turn up because. You know, um, kind of word of mouth is worked really well, and people have gotten to Facebook. They like, I think a lot of people have said they've gotten bored, so they've gone up in the clean up in the off, clean the loft out, and they found all the old Subutio sets. So they've gone on Facebook, Twitter, oh, yes, yeah, Subutio Club. So I think your wife's right, though, there's going to be a lot of mandates going on. So I think where I live, I live in like a small block of flats. And ironically, one of the guys that lives there in these flats is an old school friend of mine. And I posted on Facebook, like my little Subutio setup, just a pitch and some teams. It's a ping on my phone and it's me mate saying, right, when the lockdown's over, mate, I'm coming down for a few games. Superb. So the plan is a few beers and just play Subutio for the evening. Jason Christopher is another who thinks that men of a certain age will make these connections once the lockdown has been lifted. Here's his plans for that glorious day, if and when it occurs. With that, say, as you as you as you coined the phrase, men of a certain age, men of a certain age wouldn't be too openly um, ready to admit that, that that's what they're doing either. Um, I mean, I know I, I was I was very reluctant to tell anyone that I'd, I'd built a stadium in in my garage and now the whole world seems to know um because it, it just kind of snowballed but that was never the intention the intention was just to do it privately in, in the garage and just do it for myself sort of thing but then I found that there were a lot of people out there that actually you know wanted to see it and and you know wanted advice or even tips on how to build stadiums and stuff like that and that was that was how come I, I struck up the, the friendship um, with Alan Crampton and we've both said you know as soon as, as soon as uh, the whole COVID situation is, is done and dusted whenever that may be um, I can see me going up to up to his place to see his villa ground and I can see him coming down to, to Portsmouth to see to my see my Cheltenham ground as well and I can just see that happening a lot around the place to be honest One thing that producing this podcast over the last year has made clear to me is the sheer scope of our community. We're players, we're painters, we're collectors and we're stadium builders. Sometimes we're all four or a heady mixture of two or three. What brings us together and keeps us there 
is our shared love of the game. I was therefore interested to find out from our contributors if they felt that being a member of Azibutia community had helped them with their issues. First up, Joe McConnell, who is in no doubt about the importance it plays in his life. Immensely. Um, it's given me a focus, something to get my teeth into, uh, something to take my mind off everything. Um, being at this stage during COVID has been horrendous because everything's been put on hold. Um, and being a warrior, as I am, obviously, in the last year has been horrendous. So having Sabuta in my life from around about November time, has it, it's just been a saviour. Uh, it's the only way I can say it. It's given me a real purpose, a real meaning, and it's, it's made me forget everything, if that makes sense, hopefully. David Hunter definitely believes that the Sibudio community has been really helpful to him. The enthusiasm of some of its members, he believes, has been the key to its success. And he thinks that compared to some other communities, it's also very friendly, and that's not something that should be disregarded lightly. Yeah, absolutely, because, like you said, where there's different facets of the community, you always got a different opinion, something different going on that, you know, it, it kind of engages your mind. So, same again, it, you're, you're, you're not dwelling on what may be going on elsewhere in your life. You've got, you know, take Stuart Grant, you know, Sabuio character. It's, it's enthusiasm for Sabuio is absolutely amazing and just watching him you it gives you a laugh it gives you a chuckle it it yeah it just chills you out it you know, kind of levels you off and you do tend to forget about what's going on and you maybe you know just having releasing the what the endorphins like just to relax you 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 can kind of deal with things better so it definitely helps absolutely generally the community brilliant you, you can ask them anything and it's the old no question is stupid you could ask about anything and you'd get an answer um i'm a I'm also a batman collector and i find the difference between the two communities if you go onto a batman forum and ask a question you'll always get five or six people with toxic comments and some some of it can be really horrible you know like you know almost call you an idiot call you stupid and you know, if you're just curious about something, you don't need that, and that can, uh, you know, that has a negative impact certainly on myself. I don't, I don't take it all to heart, but you think, oh yeah, well, I wish I hadn't bothered. Now you kind of feel a bit, bit silly in that respect. But with the studio community, I've never had anything like that. That everybody has been very welcoming, and you, yeah, you just feel part of it, and it's nice. It's nice to be part of a community. No, no no matter how big or small your contribution is to the community, everybody's very welcoming. Jason Christopher even feels that despite having never met some of the community's characters, they feel like old friends to him now. Um, and again, you know, there's other, other ones on the circuit, you know, like um, Callum Westwood and and um, Alan Crampton. You know, I, I feel like I've known these guys for years and yet never actually met them in, in the flesh. As a result, Jason can't wait until lockdown is lifted and he can go back out there to reconnect with the people with whom he's made these friendships. The element that, you know, obviously when you when you put away the childish things and you you know, you develop into 
the uh, the the stereotypical sort of man family uh, job, all that kind of stuff. All that stuff goes away. But what you what you do along the way is you kind of you you lose a little bit of your own identity as to what got you there in the first place. And I think that's the key thing. And once you lose that, it's very, very difficult to get it back. And what I've found coming back sort of into the Sabutio world is that, you know, those guys that I left behind when I was a teenager, uh, they're still out there and they're still playing it. Uh, they're still enjoying it. Uh, some are making a living out of it. And um, they haven't lost touch with that. Or if they have lost touch with it, they've re- regained it or, or found it again. And... Um, and are now reaping the rewards as are I. So yeah, it's um, it's a very curious thing, isn't it? Really, I mean, I'm sure that Sabutio isn't the only uh, hobby or pastime. I mean, you you know, you talk about guys that build train sets and scale electrics and all that kind of stuff, and I'm sure that there's similar sort of stories around those um, those products, but the Sabutio thing was, was a different thing because it was, it was all very much a one big family and we could be spread very, very far and wide with geography. And, and back in those days as well, obviously you didn't have the internet, you didn't have mobile phones and all that sort of stuff. And you'd, you'd only end up seeing people occasionally at tournaments um, that could be in various geographical places around the country and stuff. But you, you'd strike up a friendship with them or, or even a friendly rivalry Um and you just pick it up from where you left off the last time you played against them in a tournament or appeared with them in a tournament. For David Hunter, it's the fact that the community makes you feel that you matter that's important. He thinks it's the friendships that have been built in this time of COVID that will be the key to the success of the community. Yeah, um, very much so. It's, it, yeah, it, it's hard to explain. It, it gives you... It makes you feel that you're not insignificant with, you know, my mental issue, I, I suffer from depression and at times it can make me feel very insignificant, very lonely, uh, very cut off from everybody, even my wife and kids who you know, I, I love to the ends of the earth. But sometimes it can make you feel like you're, you're in a little bubble. And you, you can't see anything. It, it's a horrible feeling. But I do find that, yeah, um, making friends into the, the community, like, I've, I've not met anybody yet because, obviously, with the various lockdowns, it's been difficult to get to meetings. So um, I'm intending to go to the Solent Sports and Table Soccer uh, nights that they do down in Southampton because um, uh, Jason Christopher, he, he, that, he goes to that one as well, and I've, I've spoken to him a few times, and and a guy that I know called Malcolm, he lives just out the road, who, I've, who I know through Sunday League football. I didn't even know, knew he likes the beauty. So we both said, yes, we'll go together. It'd be nice to have somebody to chat to, go for a drink afterwards. So yeah, it's... Get, it's that opportunity to try and build friendships and you know relationships with people that have the same interests so it's one thing my wife said because I'm, I'm very much the same as yourself where I play a lot of Sunday league I've, I've played Sunday league football all my life and I've gotten to know people got to know blokes you know 
But over the periods of time, I've moved teams or they've moved house. So the people I've had good relationships with, I, you know, they've all disappeared. So, you know, the Subutio community is giving me that opportunity to get to reconnect with people, have their same interests as me. Whether it's helping you relive your childhood in order to forget about your worries, helping you with a debilitating physical illness, or steering you away from a path that might just lead to sectarian violence. What's clear is that Subutio releases something in our brains that just makes you feel good. After all, what can possibly be bad about flicking little plastic men across a miniature football pitch? I'm going to leave the last word to Craig Stewart and the feel-good factor he enjoyed the day he, re- he rediscovered his Subutio collection and the buzz he got from laying it out on his living room carpet. Regard myself as a particularly good player. Maybe the Wolverhampton's boys seen something in the competition and chose me to go over, and I'm flattered for that. Um, I would be more of a collector, and you know, I I collect and I build the big stadiums, the studio stadiums, and my boxes went up to the loft for a lot of years. So after the, the thing is, when you're a kid, very you get sucked into the game just like you're playing it. But as you get older, 17, 18, 19 years of age, when you become an adult, you're not, a, you know, you're not, you're not sort of in the game. I, I used to actually get dressed up in my school uniform to play my FA Cup finals. That's that's how enthralled in the game I was. But as you hit 19, 20, 21, you know, you, you go out with, you go out into town, you know, you you find different interests. Subiru left me for a while. Um, and then when my son was born, I went up into the loft to get something one day and I seen all the boxes. And I says, I'm going to take these all down. And I brought them down from the loft and I laid them out in the, in, into the living room. A massive collection. And I would never, ever sell my collection. But I laid them all out. I laid it all out in my living room one day and it literally filled the floor of my living room. And the buzz I got from that was one of the one of the nicest feelings I've ever had in my life. And that got me hooked again. Just looking at my Subutio collection and what I've done, similar to the Derry City Boys, went on the Facebook. You can find everything on Facebook these days. Went on the Facebook and looked and I didn't realise to what extent it was still it was still uh, going, especially in uh, countries like Malta and Spain and Italy. And looking at clubs and then... Uh, just went to a competition, um, got in contact with a couple of local boys like Simon and Kenny Beggs and we started playing competitions and then the Derry City boys have sort of kicked it off in this country to a new level, a, a level that we haven't seen in a long time. Um, and fair play to them, them boys, you know. Um, so, yeah, you know, it, it, it sort of it, it brought the passion back again, you know, and um, started building the stadiums again and started playing competitions. And then went over to the Europa League and to be honest with you, you know, you go over to the Europa League and <laughs> you're just humbled, you know, and you realise, I would call Subidio a support, uh, uh, sorry, a, a sport, I wouldn't call it a game. It's a sport like like snooker, like chess, it takes hand-eye coordination, it takes skill, it takes speed and anybody that calls it a game, well, it's not, it's a, it's a sport and when you go over to Portugal, where we played the Europa League and you went over with the Wolverhampton boys and you play to that level. Well, it is a sport. 
that's the bottom line. These guys are playing at the, such a level that it's not a game. And, and they play it with such a passion when they score a goal, when they're shouting the ball. You know, it's so passionate to them. And that's what's good about it, you know. That brings us to the end of this episode on the healing powers of Subutio. And indeed, the end of the third series of Finger Flicking Good. I hope you've all enjoyed listening to the series of the podcast as much as I've enjoyed making it. I'll now be taking a short break to recharge my batteries, but don't worry, I'll be returning in the summer with what I think may well be the final series, where I'll hope to tackle other aspects of the Subutio world, as well as introduce you to some more of the interesting people I have met in the online community. If you would like to contribute to a future show, then contact me through the Twitter feed or alternatively by email at fingerflickinggood at gmail.com. Details on how to get in touch are in the Twitter feed. To make sure you don't miss out on Series 4 of the show, then subscribe right now to Finger Flicking Good on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Anchor or wherever you get your podcasts. Finger Flicking Good is an airtime production. It's written and presented by me, Derek Hill, with contributions from Jason Christopher, David Hunter, Joe McConnell, Craig Stewart and Simon Stewart. The theme music is Drive. It's written and produced specially for the programme by Campbell Lear, the future appeal. Check them out on Apple Music, Amazon Music and Spotify.